You're listening to the Union Podcast. The Union is a movement dedicated to discovering God's design for sexuality, His hope for restoration, and the power of our destiny through Jesus. Please enjoy today's podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Union Podcast. I'm Brian Pugh. And I'm Bonnie. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is episode nine, and uh, I think today's going to be really a lot of fun. We are continuing on with kind of a mini-series on uh, singleness, but now moving into like what are some practical steps in being ready for a relationship, moving from singleness into um, kind of a purposeful romantic relationship. And then once you do meet that person and uh, and start that whole process, what does some of those practical things look like? And uh, I don't know if you you guys don't know you know us very well, obviously, but uh, Bonnie and I we love to preach and teach. We love to um, yeah, just love to communicate and talk. Um, so <laughs> that's it's kind of funny. That's a good way to say it. That is a good way to say it. Yeah, but uh, we prepare completely differently. One of the interesting things is is I like to come up with a title first that kind of encapsulates the. Um, the message that I'd be preparing or what we're talking about and then and then kind of build that way. And Bonnie does not. Bonnie does not like titles very much. And yeah, titles. I understand like things like books or songs. You need them, but I don't and they don't come naturally to me. Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you who do like titles, this this episode, episode nine is going to be called Single and Ready to Mingle. I think I like it. I think that's a good one. Totally. No, but Sing- I'm, I'm yeah. proud of you. That's really go. good. Awesome. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed uh, the last two podcasts. We were so stoked to have Carrie and Sean Harvey on to talk about navigating the journey of singleness. And we just so appreciated their heart. So if you haven't listened to those, I totally give you permission right now to go back to listen to uh, episodes seven and eight. Um, really great stuff. Um, but yeah, we're going to continue on in this series today. So, um, so glad you tuned in. Buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride. It's going to be a fun ride. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, one of the things we love to do, um, is just to ask each other a random question. So this is how we start every episode. If you are not familiar. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how about, do you want to go first, babe? I do. Yeah. Okay. So when you are ordering, when you were a kid, when you were ordering chicken nuggets, what type of dipping sauce did you take with it? Barbecue sauce every time. Wow. Yeah, going to McDonald's and getting um, getting McNuggets. Barbecue sauce. And barbecue sauce. I, I always did sweet and sour. So here's what I want you guys to do if you're listening. Just comment either barbecue or sweet and sour. Yeah. Just And <laughs> let's do an informal survey right here. Yeah. It'll confuse all the non-listeners, but yeah. that, I don't know. I don't care. You'd be I, like, what is this I'm about? just curious because I didn't know that. I wouldn't have guessed that about you. Oh, yeah. No, totally. Yeah. I don't know what they were putting in the barbecue sauce at McDonald's in the mid to late 80s and early 90s, but it got you. Hey? Yeah. It wrote me in pretty bad. So, All um, right. but uh, yeah. Yeah. See, I'm, this is good. You know, I feel yeah. like we're getting to know each other better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so my question for you, um, what is your favorite attribute about me? <laughs> humility just, my humility <laughs> blows her away every time how proud i am of my no no all joking aside 
if you could be alive in any era, oh. which era would it be? And is I would be interested to be alive. Hmm. I know there's a lot of trouble in this time, but in the Industrial Revolution, because of the speed of change, I think is similar to the speed of change that we're experiencing now. And I would almost want to go back in time and do like a history lesson in order to watch the phenomenon of change. Crazy. And then see if there's anything that could be applied now. Yeah, for real. That's wild. Well, the, the world shrunk. Yeah, very for sure. In that totally era. has. Totally has. Well, so let's get started. All right. Let's get started. In. So you are a single person. Yeah. And I wanted to I wanted to kind of bring this up um, in a way just to really encourage people who are single. Um, I think a lot of us can be really discouraged when this area of our life isn't maybe happening the way that we thought it would or the way we wished it would mm-hmm. or the way it's happening in other people's lives. Seriously. Um, I, I just want to encourage you that like sometimes in the in our lives, we have these times of hiddenness where it's just like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you do. You it's your hit. It's just cause you're hidden. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a lesson to be learned in the, uh, in that season of, of hiddenness. Like yeah. we were talking the other day, like if you read, um, in the Bible, in the old Testament, there's a story of a girl named Esther. And it says that like, you know, anyway, so the, the long story short, I, I, I could, yeah, I don't want to pull it apart, but um, the king was essentially looking for a new wife. And it was just like this decree went out that all the girls between this age bracket had to be mm-hmm. kind of brought in and prepared to be the potential king's uh, king's wife, the queen. Um, and it says that Esther was like just totally you know, kind of blew the king away. You know what I mean? And she was kind of just like head and shoulders above the rest of the girls. And it's like, this is like, you kind of have to ask yourself a question. Like if she was that amazing that the king admits amongst like all these other girls, like amongst all these other, and you know, they would have been impressive. But so like the question I had to ask is like, if she was that great, why was she still single? Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I had to come to this conclusion where I felt like, wow, it's because she was hidden. Right. And I look around and I see incredible young men and I see incredible young women. Um, I see incredible 40 or 50 year old. And I think, why? I, Lord, like, why are they still single? And I think in that way, we can't actually understand or put a formula to people's journey or to their romantic lives. You know, why do some people get married young and some don't? And, and I think this lesson of hiddenness doesn't just, it's not just for people when it comes to relationships. It has to do with any of those hearts, desires, and dreams where you think, why is this not happening the way I want it to? It could mm-hmm. be with even, um, you know, having children or having like dreams fulfilled or there's been prophetic words on your life and you're like, I, I don't understand why I have to wait. Mm-hmm. And so it's a con, I think it's a, it's just a reality that people, all of us, have to face we don't always get what we want when we want it but it doesn't mean that something's wrong with us and i think that's important for any of the any of the single men and women out there right now 
Um, not that, that we're also not going to flatter you and say like, we think you're perfect. It's like, no. of course we always have growth and room to, to, um, mature, mm-hmm. but it's not like something, it's not like you're a monstrosity or you're a mess and nobody's going to want you. That's, totally. that's not the case. You are valuable. Yeah. So don't be discouraged. Trust the timing and, you know, keep your heart strong and, and focused and don't be overwhelmed um you know by by the season of hiddenness where it feels like mm-hmm. you know no matter what i do um yeah yeah so be encouraged the other key part we wanted to talk about too is the lesson of singleness is kind of like a prerequisite mm-hmm. um in our, in our point of view from our understanding the lesson of singleness is like a prerequisite um before we would recommend anybody to start a relationship yeah um and you might be wondering, well, Brian, what is what is this prerequisite? If it's such a big deal, what is it? Well, a good friend of ours, Jim Anderson, said it this way. This is, is that there are some needs in my life that only God can meet. There's some needs in my life that only God can meet. So, like, a lot of times we think, like, man, if I got in a romantic relationship, if I just had a girlfriend, if I just had a boyfriend, man, I'd be less selfish. And it's like, well, no, you wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. You know, I would be less insecure. No, you wouldn't be. You would probably actually be more. Because relationships, as you increase proximity, you increase uh, relational intimacy and these different dynamics, it puts pressure on weaknesses. Totally. And um, and I'm not suggesting that, that by any means, like, you have to be perfect, but you have to come to this conclusion and really have this rested in your soul, in your heart, in the core of who you are, that God can only meet my needs. Um, and in that, it sets you up for a level of success within a marriage or with let's even start within a romantic relationship and then in and then one day into marriage mm-hmm. is because the reality that happiness is an inside job it is not something that wow. we can control in each other so i mean i can even think early in our marriage so to an extent i learned that lesson of singleness in our story we took a couple years where we felt um even though we had feelings for one another we felt it wasn't the time to pursue a relationship with one another outside of just casual friendship. Yeah. And so I would say that I really learned how to kind of be comfortable with who I was, but then also when I had needs to find those needs be fulfilled in the community and also just simply with God. Yeah. And by doing that, so, but then still, you know, as a young married woman, there'd be times where maybe the, the, there's like romantic ideal ideals in our culture and I would think oh you know O'Brien's not doing this for me that maybe means I should maybe I'm not happy or he's not doing this or he's not doing that Mm -hmm. I mean you're awesome but you actually can't read my yeah (laughs) but you can't read my mind and you're not that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) you're not like you just it's like you actually can't satisfy all my needs totally so then I had learned it and I had to continue to relearn it and it gave I think it put peace in me early in those early years of marriage. And, yeah, for sure. And uh, and I can we continue to learn it. As yeah, we go absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I've I've heard it said before too that like a human heart, you know, like somebody else can't carry the weight of a human heart. You know yeah. what I mean? The emotional needs, the 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 intensity, 
of um, of the human heart will actually cause so much pain in another person. So like what I mean by that is like two halves actually don't make a whole in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't. And I said before that like only God can meet can meet my needs. Mm-hmm. And that's primarily right. Like it's important to have secondary you know, um, relationships in your life, friendships in your life that, that help you be, um, you know, be healthy, help you, you know, develop and help you just enjoy life together. And, but those are, those are secondary Mm -hmm. aspects. The primary needs of my heart really can only be met by God. And so like, yeah, so like I said, two halves don't make a whole. And a lot of times we go into these relationships thinking, oh man, yeah, I'll be less lustful if I when I get married. It's like, dude, no, you won't. Or sister, no, you won't. Totally. You know, if you don't learn self-control and self-government, um, it's not impossible by any means once you get married um, to learn that and to learn self-governance by, by no means. It is totally possible to learn that once you're married. Like, I believe that wholeheartedly. However... It is a harder lesson to learn in that context than it is when you are single. Right. Um, and in that way, marriage is not like a magic wand that you just, you know, you walk down the aisle and suddenly all those old things are gone. Oh, totally. You'll still have to go through that process. So yeah. right now in your, you know, maybe you feel like you're in a hidden season or a waiting season. Go ahead and use that time to kind of slay the dragons that mm-hmm. you, that could come against your future your future, your future relationships, your future family, your future marriage, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's really good. That can maybe be a podcast in itself one day. We can talk about, yeah, talk about those dynamics, but we wanted to actually just really kind of hit some points here today. We're going to talk about like how to, how to actually practically prepare to, um, to be in a relationship. Like how do you connect with people? And then once a relationship is started, once you've kind of met somebody that, yeah, I think we would like to start a relationship. And what are some, we kind of have three phases that we look at that we think are really important to be kind of implemented to kind of segment uh, the pace. And I got, I, we always kind of refer to it as like the speed zones right. of how quick you're moving um, in that relationship and, uh, mm-hmm. and kind of take it from there. So, yeah. So, so in that, okay, so let's say the first thing, just simply, how am I supposed to meet somebody? Mm -hmm. I mean, we can hear, you hear like, I had, you know, I have this work, this workplace, maybe I have a church community, maybe, maybe you're part of one other place and you, and you go, there's nobody here. How am I even Mm going to meet someone, let alone somebody who I'm compatible with? And so I would just say, hmm, I mean, I know in our last episode, we talked about the element of the online dating community and how that is a really viable option. Mm -hmm. And our advice was to, if you're going to do the online is to not stay online because that isn't actually real life, but to, you know, when you feel like it's time to bring it into real community uh, where you can get to know each other in different um, scenarios other than just through a screen where you can, you can really present, you can just present what you want to present and you can hide everything else. Mm-hmm. So you want to get, you want to be in an environment where you actually are really getting to know who this person is before you, you know, jump into a big commitment with them. Yeah. Um, so the, yeah, so there's an online option. Uh, and then here's another thing that maybe, maybe sounds old fashioned, but I think that as people start to get older and they're still single and then it's like, it's a real, um, it's a real viable option. 
is to communicate with people that you trust that you're interested in meeting somebody, mm-hmm. especially if there's married couples in your life who can almost have your back. So it's not it's not like another single dude or a single girl where then it, you can sometimes feel like there's a level of competition or something like that. Uh, but if you, you know, a married couple in your life that you trust to just say, yeah, this is actually something that is re- is on my heart that I feel like I want to pursue a relationship. That's super healthy yeah. and great and great to involve other people and other sets of eyes uh, for the sake of accountability, but also for the sake of like, um, I would say it broadens your reach of options. And then, and then you have to be willing to, you know, they might say, well, what about this person? Or they might say, you know what, actually, I just, I just met someone. Could I introduce you to them? Um, that kind of stuff is kind of, is fun. And I know it goes back, it feels like it goes back in time to like the days of the matchmaker, but it's really not meant to be a controlling atmosphere. Um, but really just friendship. Yeah, um, totally. And I think one of the key points that makes that a healthy avenue is like, like the world that we live in with social media is like, you can project whoever you want to be, you know what I mean? But like when you, when, when you have people in your corner who have observed the consistency of somebody's character and their day to day decision-making their, uh, emotional controls, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, how are they, how are they functioning? You know, are they flying off the handle all the time? Well, Mm-hmm. I guarantee somebody's not going to put that on their Facebook status or, you know, like is going to put that in Instagram profile that like, yeah, hey, I have a really bad temper. You know what I mean? And I can't seem to control it. Right. You know, where where somebody uh, really flesh and bone who sees this this person on a day to day basis, um, you know, is going to be able to kind of see those things and be like either kind of, hey, maybe don't right. <laughs> start a relationship with this person um, or or say, yeah, you know, I've seen them. They make, you know, mature decisions, you know, of course they're not perfect, but like they make mature decisions. They have um, similar values. Them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. So you, so you can, and then you can all, I think you can also pursue interests, right? So whether that's like, I'm trying to think, you know, whether it's a book club or yeah. running club or well, that's right in the last episode sean talked about yeah the running club or something like that something that's right. like physically active which is healthy in general but right um but yeah it's going to get you out to meet new people that maybe would not be in your immediate circle and um right like because what brian was saying about being hidden there's a reality that some people actually hide away hide themselves totally and don't come out and then are just like well i guess it's just not my season yet i'm just trying to be patient yeah it's like, well, actually, no, why don't you been living in a cave for the last four years? So I don't you know maybe I mean? that's why you're hidden. <laughs> yeah. You know, and even just simple things like being friendly. Yeah. I would. And maybe I'm speaking to the girls specifically on this one is that sometimes girls can hide even while they're in public by not smiling, by not making small talk, almost by rejecting men before the men have a chance to get near them. You know, whereas if you just simply practice friendliness, I think it says, like, go ahead and get to know me, like find out if I might be somebody you would be interested in. Yeah, totally. So smiles and eye contact, smiles and eye contact. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Maybe there's somebody out there that needs to hear that. Yeah, there you go. And I think, you know, to guys, like there's some real practical things like, um, you know, deodorant is probably like a really good one. (laughs) I don't know. But just like. Yes. Yeah, just like the whole um what's the word I'm looking for? Like I think 
hygiene. Yeah, hygiene. Personal care. <laughs> yeah, hygiene and personal care. But like appearance is important. You know what I mean? Like um, it's not everything. You right. know what I mean? But like don't let yourself go. You know what I mean? Right. Like if you're looking all disheveled, mm-hmm. you know, and like you just crawled out of the basement after like a 24 hour, you know, gaming binge and you've got like mustard stains down your T-shirt, it's probably not going to say, hey. Pick I got a, I got a lot of good qualities over here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and all joking aside, like, you know, I think it, it's important to to be mature in that things and to show like, hey, um, you know, like it's interesting that the Bible connects loving someone else. Like the two commandments that Jesus gave us were to to love God with all of our heart, but then to love others as we love mm-hmm. ourselves. And so, like, when somebody healthily in 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 a healthy way loves themselves and takes care of themselves, makes mature decisions. It's really good. And and even their appearance values values those things as much as, like I said, they're not everything, but sees the importance of some of those things. It's actually communicating, like, hey, I'm capable of loving you as well. That is really you true. know. I think it's an interesting interesting idea. So yeah. So okay. So then let's say that there's somebody that kind of catches your eye or you notice each other, you can start to feel, you know, usually there's maybe a little bit of like interaction and you're like, Hey, something's, you know, something's building here. Something might be happening. So I think a normal question for, for people within the church, within the church community, they might say, Hey, what do you think? Can the girl ask the guy out? And I know that sounds like even such a, maybe an old fashioned question. Some people are like, what, why is that even an issue? Uh, but people ask me that question. Do you think, can the girl initiate? Uh, and so I would say, actually, I wrestle with that one um, because I don't know that there is necessarily like a right or wrong answer on it. But what I have found or seen is that if a woman has the sense that she's the one that initiated or she somehow manipulated a situation mm-hmm. or she put pressure on a relationship in order for it to happen, she actually then kind of wrestles with a, with a higher level of insecurity later on, wondering, mm-hmm. would this guy have picked me if I hadn't pushed it? So that's a really great way to, um, I don't know, to just think about that before you, you know, ask the question, want to go out or something like that. And yet at the same time, I go, there's a story in the Bible, Ruth laid down at the feet of Boaz. And so then there's a sense of like, you know, if you ask me, I'll say yes. Right. And, and I think this goes back to smile and make eye contact is that as females, we can, um, I think we can make it clear that we're interested and kind of, you know, wait for the guy to take the lead. Now that being said, I know of relationships where the girl is the one who took the first step, took the initiative, and everything's worked out fine. I'm not trying to say that it's going to, like, blow up in your face Mm -hmm. by any means. That's just just what I've seen and talking with people. That's what I've noticed. Yeah, I think there's different personalities that, you know, might handle, like, the the personality mix within that couple might be a little bit different, and so it doesn't kind of rear its head like that. Mm -hmm. But I think I would agree with you in that the – the percentage that we've seen mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. uh, is pretty high mm-hmm. um, when when either either the man's kind of or the young man's kind of taken a 
passive role and mm-hmm. is not really showing any sort of initiation and drive in any area of his life. Yeah, right. And then it's just like, you know, um, mm-hmm. this this young lady feels a pressure to do that mm-hmm. and almost almost out of set of a sense of like, hey, I can fix you. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I can I can make you better, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like um, just just FYI, just like a public service annou- announcement. You can't fix that person. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a lot of times we think, oh, well, if they could just be around me and mm-hmm. and I can give them what I have, you know, mm-hmm. right. Th- then they'll change. And it's like that's that's not a for sure thing by any means. So. Totally. And I would think like, you know, to encourage some of the young guys, like I know that there's an excess with this. There's guys that like, um, you know, we've heard the term butterfly boys before right. where they just you know, ask every girl out and, you know, it's just like, yeah, play the field. And it's just like, well, no, I'm not, this is not what I'm suggesting by any means, but I would say guys like, you know, feel free to ask a young lady out Mm -hmm. for coffee. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're not, you're not committing to like pick, picking out wedding colors. You know what I mean? By just going down having a cup of coffee, even, you know, grabbing a meal or something like that and just having healthy dialogue and getting to know somebody like right. that's that's not saying that, hey, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Right. And I think sometimes young men feel that way. And that's why there's this kind of knee jerk. I don't I don't want to mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. I'm afraid I don't want to I don't want to take a lead. I don't want to because I don't want to disappoint her if it doesn't work. Or yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to make a commitment to her. I'm just wanting to find out. Yeah if this is something we would pursue. Yeah, totally. Right. Um, and I think like there's an element in that too, of the fear of rejection, mm, you know yeah. what I mean? And, um, and I think like, I think that's just things you have to face in order to get mm-hmm. really something worth getting. Yeah. You know, you have to face those fears. You have to mm-hmm. face um, the fear of rejection. You have to face being turned down. Right. Uh, you have to face, face those things. And they're not, it's not wrong, yeah. you know, right? If if she says no, I'm I'm not interested. Well, you know, trust God that mm-hmm. you know he's he's gonna bring you know, uh, like a lot of th- a lot of times people say the one he's gonna bring the one, which I I'm not of the perspective that there is one person just floating through the world and it's just like by chance you happen to find that one person. Right. Um, but I think there is that one type of person. Right. There is the one type of person that um, would compliment you and that you would compliment them. And that you would share values with and direction and totally. Yeah. Um, co- yeah. Be complimentary in your, even in your personalities. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would say that, you know, cause I've, I know that there can be communities where there is that a lot of almost like, you know, oh, I'll go on one date with her, one date with her, one date, you know, and it's kind of that jumping around. So I know you already mentioned this, the butterfly mm-hmm. boy, but one great way to make we, sure. I think it's important to clarify why he's the butterfly boy. We assume that they would. Yeah, you could just picture one. Okay, so it's like a little, it's like a butterfly who goes from one flower and is there for a minute and then goes over to the other flower and then goes over to another flower. Yeah. And they're just, you know, just innocently just, you know, doing this, but in a way they're using female companionship to fill the void of loneliness without commitment, without without the commitment. Whereas all these, this is a reality of the heart of a female is that there, when there's attention given and this, so this is the other side of the coin. When there's attention given, then the female heart says, 
is there intention here? Is there intention that matches this attention? And so, so a young man who's like, I want to ask her out. I want to, or I want to go, I want to find out. I want to have conversation with her. I want to get to know her better is don't, yeah, don't just do it on impulse, but be careful with it. Mm-hmm. Pray it through. Talk to somebody in your community. Again, maybe a married couple about it. And then it gives, it doesn't have that same like haphazard feeling that butterfly boy would. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that's, I think that's important because you don't want to create competition between the females in your community. Um, and you don't want, yeah, that sense of jealousy or like, wait, I thought, I thought he was interested in me. And, or I thought she was interested in me and, you know, the Mm -hmm. game playing that then can actually break down the sense of family and community that we're trying to build within, I would say within churches, within healthy churches. Yeah, totally. So let's maybe talk about phase one. So let's just assume though, there's kind of been a Mm -hmm. young man, a young woman, they've decided, Hey, yeah, we'd like to start an intentional Mm-hmm. relationship you know like we've been in a friend group for a while we've been around each other for a while we're ready to kind of yeah start to mm-hmm. start to do that what would you suggest phase one would look like phase one well I think a big piece of it I think is redefining what the goal of the relationship would be because you really want to make sure it's not in a high you don't want it to be high pressure so Again, within a lot of Christian communities, it's now being said like, okay, so goal of dating relationships would be to move towards marriage. But then that's a lot of pressure. It is, yeah. So we've been um, talking about it saying, what if the goal of a healthy relationship was just to discover if you're compatible? Mm -hmm. It's not to say like the only way this is going to be successful is if somebody pops the question and we, you know, end this, like start our life together, but actually just... What if we, if we discover we're compatible, then we can continue moving forward. If we discover we're not compatible, then we still have succeeded. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so maybe let's define compatibility. How would you, how would you describe compatibility? Well, yeah, I think, um, I think compatibility comes down to direct to direction. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned values before, Mm -hmm. like, where are you headed in your life? Like, mm-hmm. what are you really passionate about? What mm-hmm. are things mm-hmm. um, that are important to you? Um, yeah. You yeah. Know? So I think like that's, that gives like a healthy atmosphere mm-hmm. to, to discover those things. And that's kind of what we call phase one, the kind of the discovery phase is like mm-hmm. discovering, you know, the ins and outs of somebody, like mm-hmm. what they're really about, what they're passionate about and building a friendship right, right there. And yes. so I think, um, I think that's what compat- compatibility looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, even when it comes down to personality dynamics, is this like, mm-hmm. you know, is there is there that kind of ease and chemistry. connection, yeah. yeah, chemistry to use that term? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think that's what that would look like. So totally, because even in our relationship, truthfully, I mean, we have values in common, absolutely, and those have held true. But when it comes to, you know, hobbies, when it comes to our path like our past our mm-hmm. childhood like they just they look different they totally do um i mean we are we were born the same year so we have you know we're 80s babies together so we got that going for us totally mm-hmm. but even um yeah, like i grew up within a church within a church community brian did not mm-hmm. so you know i'm like did you know carmen and dc talk <laughs> and then i like play these songs for him and he's like I, yeah. wow that's really special 
And then he, and then you play for me. What do you play? I'm, oh, I don't I, even know. Like, I, I can't really play much for you. <laughs> and be like, hey, did you ever listen to this? Uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> so. totally. So, we, yeah, we have different. Well, what we were talking about, you asked me the other day what my first concert was. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure it was a POD, um, Linkin Park, uh, Hoobastank, and I think the other band was Story of the Year. Is that the... P&E. Sure. So Pacific, sorry, the Pacific Coliseum in Vancouver. It was crazy, but it's just like, I didn't hey, go to that hey one. Bonnie, did you ever go to the, did you ever go to Lincoln Park concert? It's like, uh, nope, nope, no, I didn't. I didn't. But. Anyway, so you can have lots of differences. And, you know, like Bri is m- like more athletic and he plays drums. I don't play an instrument. I am more of a solo sport girl, mm-hmm. <laughs> like walking, you yeah. know. Anyway, so we have different interests. Um, but we have the same values yeah. and I would say something really awesome is that we have a very similar sense of humor and yeah. that has come in handy. Yeah, for sure. So watch out, you know, watch yeah, for that one. Totally. If, if you can't, you know, if I, you can't make each other laugh mm-hmm. and if you can't laugh at each other, at least, you <laughs> yeah. know, right. Um, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be really hard. Laughter is medicine. Yeah, seriously. And, um, yeah, I can think that's gotten gotten us through a lot of crazy situations just being able to laugh together. So Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so first phase, friendship, discovery, learning who the other person is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that stage really I mean, Brian and I are huge advocates for not going into isolation when totally. you start a relationship. And the instinct is when especially when you really care about someone. So I know some people are starting relationships and they don't have a ton of feeling attached yet. They're more in that like discovery. "Mm, I wonder if our hearts will open up to each other. Mm -hmm. There's a level of attraction or interest, but it's not, you don't feel in love. But then there's others who really do. Like you just are like, I want to spend every waking moment with this person. Yeah. And so you're going to have to resist that urge to isolate because you're going to be like, I just want to talk to them all the time. Totally. But you have to, and that's where in your season of single, you make life decisions about about having widespread interests and influences in your life. Mm-hmm. And then when you start this relationship and your emotions get really involved, you hold to those decisions that you like those habits and disciplines that you develop beforehand. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so, again, like the context in in the phase one is to not. I don't want to use a term like it's very surfacey in mm-hmm. conversation and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but like you're not talking about like really deep um, soul, like totally. deep emotional things and deep heartfelt things. And like even, you know, part of your past experiences, if maybe there's there's things that are uh, pretty heavy that from your past, like you don't feel the need to like share everything because I think that's kind of somehow like how this whole process gets really blown out of proportion by a a lot of what we see in media and movies and stuff like this is just this whole, Hey, we're in a relationship now and it's all in, or you're not in at all. And it's just like, I'm just going to, here I am and tell me everything about you. And then it's just like, well, when that kind of novelty of a new relationship is gone and you're intimidated, you know, by maybe some of those different dynamics, there's no friendship built there. 
Right. And it puts so much pressure and it can actually destroy the relationship. Right. And then there's, you know, some fabric of your heart that's now been torn Mm -hmm. um, off by the breaking of that relationship with that other person. So you built intimacy with somebody that you didn't know yet if you actually could trust them with that information. Yeah, totally. So we said, yeah, so I would. I mean, some, yeah, and again, every relationship is different because sometimes you enter into a relationship with somebody that you have already been friends with for a long time. So, you know, how long should people date before they get engaged or like those kind of questions? It's different for everyone because because everyone's different. Yeah. But on for the people who haven't been in a relationship or haven't known each other for very long, mm-hmm. then like, yeah, like you're saying that too much intimacy without trust can be really scary and then can create some of that like knee jerk like rush towards each other and then recoil because of the vulnerability yeah totally Uh, or you know oh i now i've told you everything now i really want you to commit to me yeah oh now you're gonna reject me oh now it's a rejection of me because of my past and then it builds up insecurity so just you know watch out for that kind of stuff and also watch again watch out for um too much in the fir- in this early stage of friendship development about like making big promises about the future yeah or really you know forecasting you know where you're gonna where you'd love to travel together like those kind of statements don't maybe don't sound too serious but those kind of things can pile up mm-hmm. and create um yeah just false intimacy before it's time yeah totally and then, so that brings us to phase two. Mm-hmm. And so now this is like a young couple or a couple in general totally. is now said, yeah, like, wow, I think, you know, there's a lot of compatibility here. We're passionate about similar things, mm-hmm. or at least I can appreciate your passions. Mm-hmm. And there's no red flags. Like, hey, you're not like, you're not crazy. You totally. know what I mean? Like, I think we can move You're forward. a hard worker. You you're don't hard, Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now it's like phase two is now here's like a developing stage. You know what I mean? It's like this is where we purposely start having some more um, more heartfelt com- conversations and maybe mm-hmm. there's more time spent um, together, you know, just just you guys together, you mm-hmm. know, going on maybe a little bit more purposeful dates and mm-hmm. longer dates or, right, you know, all those different dynamics. And and really, it's just like kind of going past the veneer or past the surface level conversation and really starting to get the to know the person mm-hmm. um for who they are beyond those those aspects so yeah and i think in saying that um i think it's important to just remember that building relationships takes time yeah and so you know going into a second a second phase you'll feel it you'll feel it start to shift mm-hmm. when you're in the midst of it and you'll say oh wow like it's time to it's time to move to a deeper level here. Mm-hmm. There's no red flags. It's time. I feel the it's time to move. But then, don't be afraid to stay there. You know, in yeah. in that stage and just work through things. This is where you start having conversations about you know your family of origin. Totally. And this is where you can talk about you know maybe what your past has past relationships have looked like or mm-hmm. things that you you know deeper insecurities that you face or. Um, you know, just different trials that you've been through and how you've handled it. Absolutely. I think you're also going to have, have conversations about how you handle money or what you would imagine, what you would imagine your individual future to look like. You're yeah. still not necessarily making promises to one another, but no. saying, you know, I actually never 
I never really thought I would have children. And maybe mm-hmm. someone else is like, what? I wanted six. Like, yeah. Okay. Wow. We're going to have to talk through this. Right. So yeah, you real. start going into those deeper places and, um, and it'll just, it will take time. Yeah. For real. I think this is where it's important too to kind of jump back to that analogy I used before about like the speed limit zones mm-hmm. that you're in. Like yeah. you don't go a hundred in a school zone. So, you know what I mean? Like you don't go too deep, like too fast, too quick, you know, in, mm-hmm. in a discovery phase. And I think this is, you know, as we start to talk about the developmental phase too, like to have some boundaries, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That like a lot of times we, we can try to increase, um, you know, physical or sexual, mm-hmm. uh, even effect or just even affection mm-hmm. in this time. And it's just like, you know, like, I, I think I appreciate what you say, Bon is like, at this point, you're still in two separate cars. There's right. no need to be going, you know, Hey, we're both going to go a hundred miles an hour in this, in this, you know, time of our life. It's mm-hmm. like, well, no, we're still in two separate cars. We're moving towards the same direction. And, Mm-hmm. And maybe there is that that chance and a greater chance of marriage where we are going to become one mm-hmm. in marriage. But right now we're still in two cars. And mm-hmm. let's um, so I think like, you know, one of the things I said is like God doesn't put boundaries around our life and say, hey, do not do this. Don't do this um, because he's some sort of cosmic killjoy mm-hmm. and he's trying to ruin our fun. Um, the reality is, is he knows how our heart works um, better than we do. Yeah. And he knows what's actually going to damage mm-hmm. um, that heart, um, you know, your your heart in particular, better than you do or better than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like when he says like, you know, like, like it talks about in, in Hebrews that the marriage bed is undefiled and that like, mm-hmm. um, you know, so what is that? What is that saying? Is like the the sexual expression um, and sexual experience between a man and a woman in marriage is is actually like a beautiful thing. Totally, you know what I mean. And there's even like I've I've explained it this way that sex can be a weapon. Um, a lot of people see it like sex is a weapon against each other, mm. can be used to to hurt each other. That's not even what I mean. That sex is actually can be a weapon to um, to protect a marriage and to fight for a marriage because there's. There's actually biological and chemical responses that take place um, during during sexual experience that actually are meant to bind a woman and a man together. Yeah. Um, a greater level of intimacy, you know, body, soul, spirit, oneness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, God knows that, right. and he and he's not like he's not ashamed of sexuality. He's not embarrassed of sexuality. But he knows how it works, how it works best. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important to have um, some of these boundaries really in place. So like, because I even think like there was in our in our season of life when we were um, we would probably be in a developmental stage when mm-hmm. we were uh, building this relationship is like we said on weeknights that like, hey, we are not we are not going to be out past. I think it was at like 1030 or, or 11 or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember ages ago you know, praise the Lord, we are past that now. But, um, but yeah, we set that out and we talked about it. You know what I mean? We came up with a game plan and actually like I did a blog, uh, just last week about that and talking about how like it's, you know, nobody plans to fail, but often we, we fail to plan when it comes to some of these things. And then we are left with so much regret and shame, Mm -hmm. um, because, oh man, how did we get here? You know what I mean? Like, I never wanted to do this. I wanted, you know, to save this area of my life um, till I was married or, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to cross that boundary. And then there they are, they cross that boundary, mm-hmm. not out of, um, 
not out of like a deep desire to rebel and to go against the rules, but just they put themselves in a really poor situation right. and and were overcome by mm-hmm. um, desire and temptation to to cross that boundary. So right, and I I'm excited in the coming months we're going to um, we're going to be talking more about this na- this area specifically of sex. I know all of, like the union we talk about you know sexuality and relationships, but we want to talk about the science of sex and why like really really why. Does it work better when we follow God's way mm-hmm. when it comes to sexual expression? And uh, yeah, in this stage, I find that to an excess of romance and an excess of physical affection actually act like steroids that pump up and give an illusion of strength to your relationship, an illusion of connection. Mm-hmm. But it actually becomes a distraction from actually getting to know each other. Yeah. And so um, when I say that romance... That maybe is a new concept to you, um, but just think about what happens to your heart when there are lots of romantic expressions, giving and receiving. Or say you give something and you realize like you watch the effect in on the other person mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, like that worked. Now I'm closer to my goal of like winning their heart or something like that instead of letting their heart naturally open to who you are as a person. So that's not to say you can't do kind things. But just, um, yeah, watch out for like highly romanticized moments because real life doesn't happen on Friday, like Friday night candlelight. Yeah, totally. Like real life later on is like is getting up in the middle of the night with a crying baby or is helping your spouse develop a business plan or Mm -hmm. is right like there's strain on it. And so romance is not a foundation you can build on, but it is something you can add to um add to a relationship and um but it's not it can't be what you rely on to build well yeah i even get you know kind of the picture in my head of like somebody you put a little bit of salt Mm. on on some food and it adds to the flavor and it brings brings out a different dynamic you don't put salt on a plate and serve it to somebody yeah 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 and that's really good it's a seasoning it's not the actual nutrition yeah absolutely that's a good one yeah well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay, so then the final stage, um, well, I mean, not of life, but, you know, in a relationship, you continue moving forward. You realize, man, we really, like, we really care about each other. Uh, there's, again, there's not red flags. Whatever we discover, you know, maybe there's areas of growth, mm-hmm. but we're open to grow. In, we're open to be challenged and yeah. grow in it. Beautiful. Like, that's mm-hmm. awesome relationships can be a great discipleship process yeah and like you're in unity on finances Mm -hmm. you know there's no there's no hidden issues when it comes to finances there's no like credit card debt like i haven't hey i didn't tell you this i haven't been working on it you know what i mean because dave ramsey will find you out yeah that's right you down but um anyways like there's just there's just nothing like that there's like Mm -hmm. no baggage hey like either either there's no baggage at all Mm-hmm. Or there's no baggage that we haven't really talked about. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not carrying secrets into our marriage that are really going to grow and fester mm-hmm. and destroy our relationship and our potential family. Right. You know, so I think like that would be a key that you guys are in unity. There's been dialogue. There's just there's just no secrets. We're ready to step into this next chapter. We're to become one. And, and there's, so the next stage is engagement. Engagement. Yeah. Here we go. And this is where you start to. This, I mean, for us, our engagement was only five months, about as short amount of time you can do to plan a wedding. Yeah. I mean, I know people who've gone, who've been engaged for shorter amounts of yeah, time. Good on sure. them. 
Um, but it, that it truthfully is a challenging season because mm-hmm. it's that in between stage where you're like, yeah, we're not. It's like w- with the car idea, like driving in our own cars. It's like you're so close to getting to drive in the same car and be like in yeah. one vehicle together. We're not talking literally. We really are okay with yeah. Driving it's together. an analogy. I Anal- hope, feel free to drive together. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That would be embarrassing. My goodness, price of gas. I hope you're driving together. Carpool. <laughs> Carpool, come on. Anyways. And yes. So there's like that desi- great desire to, you know, to merge your lives. And yet there's still um, there's still boundaries that have to be there. So you're starting, but you are kind of starting to merge. We had to start merging our finances. We started having, we started merging our calendar, like our mm-hmm. schedule where we kind of, you start having a say in each other's lives in an increasing way. Yeah. Decisions about career, decisions about, um, yeah, it's interesting. You just start merging. Yeah. And it is a, it is a good stage because, um, I think even for females in particular, we are made for, um, if you've been around us, um, safety, security, permanence, and commitment. Yeah. And so when it comes to relationship females especially can actually um, face a lot of insecurity or fears about the fact that our whole life is about to change. And so as difficult as waiting for marriage or the wedding day can be, um, I think it's actually a really healthy chunk of time for her to process those emotions. Totally. And to have lots of conversations with people she trusts and to... um, and with obviously with her fiance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What did you in our, you know, engagement season, what stood out to you as something that was valuable? Well, I think here's the thing. Like I I lived at home until I got married. Mm. And so like I as I look back, I actually wish I kind of lived on my own mm. for even just a season before mm-hmm. um before I got married because like you know, like as a young man you're living at home and and there's just some <laughs> privileges and some, you know, uh, things you kind of get used to. Like, hey, your mom's going to maybe pick up after yourself, you know, or, or pick up after you, I mean. And mm-hmm. and your mom's going to maybe, oh, I'll do your laundry too, you know what I mean? And mom makes dinner and, and all this right. stuff. And, you know, and so, like, I, I think in a lot of ways I was still kind of, like, still immature with some of this, the life skill stuff, some of the mm. – um, and so, like, I – so I know that's not exactly what you're asking, but like I, it kind of, it hit me really quick. Like, Mm -hmm. wow, I, I can't keep my room like this Mm -hmm. and have a happy wife. You know, this is not going to go well. And you know, you can't find a, you know, scripture for it, but like happy wife, happy life is kind of true you know, in a lot of ways. Well, I mean, there is a verse that says like, um, you take care of your wife, you're taking care of yourself. Oh yeah. Any, any man who loves, you know, his wife loves himself. Yeah. That's I get that. pretty much the same. That's, person. that's the same, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I, I digress. I retract that. So anyways, um, yeah, so we're, so I guess for me, like I was, I was looking at it like, yeah, I, I got to shape up here. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and so I think it, it, the sobering reality, and this is good for us as men, the sobering reality of responsibility mm-hmm is and is just has to be kind of taken by the horns and be like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Here wow. we go. I'm going to, I'm going to make decisions because they're the right thing to do because that's like Bonnie was saying, those, those dynamics of a woman's heart with safety, security, permanence, and commitment, men are made to do what's right. 
mm-hmm. we're made to do what's right. We want to be that guy who did the right sacrifice. thing. We want to sacrifice for others. We want to, mm-hmm. you know, that that's kind of some of those underlying, you know, motivating factors within a man's heart. And that doesn't mean that you're, you know, you bench press 300 pounds and you save the day. You have a, a Superman cape like mm-hmm. you can you can sacrifice, you know, for your family if, you know, you're into art or you're into your right. you're soft spoken and you're you're not like a. Yeah, you're not like this typical macho dude doesn't, you know, yeah. doesn't make you any less of a man. It's about it's about serving and sacrificing yourself yeah. in order for the bettering of other people's lives. Right i.e. your wife, your family, right. um, your community, um, and like the city that you live in. Right. And, you know, it, it kind of spreads out from there. But um, and so I think that was that was something that just hit me. It's really important. Like, here comes responsibility mm-hmm. and let it let it do its work in your life. And wow. so, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, for sure. I like it. And then you get married and, and then, then it's like, <laughs> man, then you got a whole and then you got a whole journey. Yeah. Of merging. Yeah. We will definitely do some podcasts on the marriage aspect, but, um, yeah, I hope you've really enjoyed this. I hope this has been helpful. We'd love to hear some comments from you. Yeah, absolutely. If you have any questions about anything we said, please leave a comment down below or, um, as we post this on Instagram, feel free to comment, mm-hmm. um, you know, about what's about something that we said, if you have any thoughts, we'd love to hear from you and, uh, yeah, hope you enjoy us. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope your life was impacted greatly. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at theunionmovement.com. For more information, visit our website, theunionmovement.com, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram with the handle at theunionmovement.com.